0: We are absolutely driven by our mission. Our mission, and is really simple. We want to create a world for ourselves, our children, and our grandchildren where chronic disease is simply a matter of choice. It's not a bad luck. I hope we can someday, will be living in that world in our lifetime where we will say being sick is optional. If being healthy is optional, being sick is optional.
1: Hello, everyone. Dr. Anna Kabeca here with this episode of Couch Talk. And today I'm really bringing a special guest from the moon, no less. (laughs) Well, more figuratively than literally, but not far from it. So today we're going to really be talking about learning how curiosity, imagination, and exponential innovation are creating life without limits. And I really am Excited to bring Naveen Jain, who is just a master of this, a man, master philanthropist, and as well, just I- insightful and brilliant, and you know, world class individual. I'm going to share with you a little bit about Naveen. And the reason I wanted to interview him is because he's seeing life without limits. And he also sees the creativity and potential in our human existence as it is now. So through his inspiration and his ingenuity, he's making significant change. So Naveen Jain is an entrepreneur driven to solve global grand challenges through innovation. He's the founder of several successful companies, including Moon Express, Biome, Blue Dot, TalentWise, Intellius, and Infospace. Moon Express is the only company in the world to have the permission to leave Earth's orbit and land on the moon with the goal to harvest planetary resources and to develop infrastructure to make humanity a multi- Planetary Society. Don't y'all want to talk about this? The company also Biome is focused on disrupting healthcare with the goal of making illness elective by identifying microbial biomarkers that are predictive of chronic disease and to adjust the microbial imbalance through personalized nutrition. And we'll be talking about this too. Now, Naveen is the current director of the board at the Singularity University, where he's focused on educating and inspiring leaders to address humanity's grand challenges through innovative technologies, as well as the director of the board at the XPRIZE Foundation, which recently launched a million-dollar women Safety XPRIZE to empower women around the world. He has received many awards and honors for his entrepreneurial successes, in, including the Albert Einstein Technology Medal, the Humanitarian Innovation Award at the United Nations, and Distinguished Global Thinking, Thinker Award. So now I'll be introducing Naveen Jain. Enjoy. Welcome, Naveen. Great to have you here with me today. I so appreciate it, especially after all your busy travels.
0: Well, Anne, it's, it's an honor to be here.
1: Well, let me tell our listeners how we met. I've already introduced you and read your very impressive bio, and I know it's just even a very short brief of all the things you've accomplished and and what you're setting out to do, and looking forward to talking about that with you today. I um, met Naveen, actually, I listened to him lecture at a conference in Las Vegas, anti-aging medical conference there, and he was funny. And sharp, and witty, and like wide open. I don't know how you're usually described, but <laughs> it was it was amazing. And I'd love for you to talk about some of the pearls that you talked about in that. And then I got your book Moonstruck, so I'm sharing your book with my audience, and I love it. There's so many jet pearls in here that we should say moonstones in here that are really, really treasures. So so tell, tell our audience about yourself.
0: Well, first of all, and it's an honor to be talking to you, um, and I did get a pleasure to speak with you at the conference, and that was always fun. I want to focus more on what is it that each one of us can do, because I want to devote the next 35, 40 minutes to the people who are giving us their time. So let's create some value for them. So I you know, I hate talking about myself, but my journey has been primarily around Coming from a very humble background, coming to this country with almost nothing and just appreciating the God's kindness to all the things we have achieved in our life and dedicating my life at this age to just finding a way to give back to the society and hoping that by the time my time on earth is over, I have helped hopefully hundreds of millions, if not a billion people live better life. And if I've achieved that, I think I would have succeeded in what I set out to do.
1: Impressive, you know, and I think that's exactly right. And I love what you're implying, like, what can we each of us do to help that, right? What can we each do to create this humanity, this vision for this awesome, build humanity?
0: Yeah. And, you know, very interesting thing is there has never been a time in the human history where individuals and a small group of people are capable of doing things that were only could be done by, you know, aristocrates or kings and the queens and the superpowers. And now you and I can not only just dream about it, we can actually make it happen. Now, you think about it, going to space, no one ever thought an in a individual or a private company would ever do that. And you look at today, it's not the superpowers that are actually going, space, exploring space. It is... The entrepreneurs, whether you look at our friend Richard or Jeff or Elon or us for that matter, we are just going out and exploring the thing that was never thought was possible to be done by a a private company. In fact, we became the only private company in the universe today to be able to actually leave Earth orbit and land on any celestial body. And, you know, it's not just space. You're starting to see the same trend in almost every single what I would say societal problems, right? Whether you're looking at the healthcare, the healthcare is not going to be solved by Obamacare or, for that matter, Trump care or Putin care. It's going to be solved by an entrepreneur essentially saying, enough is enough. We can't allow the suffering to continue. We're not going to allow this pharmaceutical company and this healthcare complex to keep us sick anymore because. They only make money when we are sick. They never make money when we are healthy. And it's such a bad incentive. When we have billions of people today suffering from chronic diseases, you call that depression or anxiety or Alzheimer or Parkinson's or diabetes or obesity or autoimmune diseases. Or heart disease or cancer, these things don't happen overnight. They happen over a long period of time. And when something happens over a long period of time, they're reversible. They're preventable and they're reversible. It's not something like you know, I say you know, last night, honey, I was out with the boys and I think I might have caught diabetes. You just don't catch <laughs> diabetes. You know, my point is, these things in somehow been ingrained into us. It is our fault. You know. It is a bad luck. So in a sense that when you catch it in a chronic disease, people say, oh my God, I'm so sorry, it's bad luck. No, it's not a bad luck. It is simply the bad choices we made. Only reason we made the bad choices because we didn't know what the right choices were. We are constantly told, just rely on your doctor to give you the advice. And these are the same people When they go to the medical college, they're not even taught about nutrition. They are the same people, when you tell them you might have a leaky gut, they say, what are you smoking? They have no concept of us as humans as being an ecosystem. They believe there is a pill for every ill. It doesn't matter what the symptoms you have. Here is a drug for it. All they have really become is simply salespeople for pharmaceutical companies because they are the ones who are funding these medical schools. So to me, it is just mind boggling that our doctors with a great intent to help people and when they join the medical profession, they take oath to really do no harm. And when they actually come out of that medical school, they do nothing but harm. Right And out of good intent, because they don't, they don't know anything better. They are taught, listen to the symptom and prescribe a drug. Listen to the system, prescribe a drug. They may as well be the salespeople for the pharma companies.
1: Well, usually you're saying it nicer than I am. I always say I went to medical school, trained four years in residency, and I feel like I came out a pimp, a pimp for big pharma. So that transition, you know, just learning how to then take our control back. And I tell patients this. Don't give anyone your power over your own body. You have tremendous power to heal your body. And through these steps that we can make these changes. And and just like what you said, the bad luck issue, I know in my practice it was really blown up in my face when I had a patient come in and they said, Well, Dr. Anna, I, I need a hysterectomy. And you know, they run in my family. And I was like, oh no. Oh, hysterectomies do not run in your family. Let's, you know, the, the desire to actually want our body to heal itself. And, and even our, our patients have been train to think okay well that's not good let's get rid of it and especially as women let's just get rid of the uterus let's just get rid of the breasts let's get rid of the ovaries we have to stop thinking that because it is so empowering Naveen let's talk you said every man has potential to you know let's say space travel to come up with ideas to be an entrepreneur so how do we instill that into our generation everyone who's listening what can we do to you know have this transformative capability? What are those qualities? Well, first is a belief system. You have to believe that you can achieve
0: something. If you can imagine it, you can do it. We have been taught with this mindset of scarcity rather than this mindset of abundance. And the mindset of scarcity teaches you that everything is finite. If you get something, someone else is not getting it because it's finite. If we live in the world of abundance, that means is there is never a lack of resources. There is never a lack of anything. What we have is a lack of imagination, right? Even my mom, who just absolutely loved me, would tell me when I was young, son, you can do anything you want. Sky is the limit. And she, because she saw that sky as an unbreakable limit, Mm -hmm. little that she knew, that sky doesn't exist. Sky is simply a figment of our imagination. When you go from earth to the moon, you don't say, hey mom, I think I just passed the sky. (laughs) There is no sky that it doesn't exist. And that to me, the limits don't exist. Limits exist because our imagination and what we call reality shows that these limits exist. So first thing is you have to start believing that you alone can achieve anything you want and it's not about people tell you you have to have a passion i say passion is for losers obsession is for winners. <laughs> Until you're so obsessed that you think about it when you go to sleep and you wake up thinking about it, that's the obsession you have. If you're willing to die for something, live for it. Find something that you're willing to give your last drop of blood to achieve it and that's what you're going to achieve.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. It just reminds me. I remember in one of my uh, church services that our pastor was like, look, you have to be obsessed about something. When you are like cheering it on, he's a big Georgia Bulldog fan. We all are here in the Southeast. And so he's like, you know, you think about your Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, you are like obsessed with them. You're talking about them at every dinner conversation. You're bringing it up. I mean, that's how you want to feel about God. That's what we want to feel about our life's goals. That's what we want to feel about, you know, what we have to look forward to. We should be talking about it and bringing it. So that's what I like that. Passion is for losers. Obsession is for winners. So this is, Area of, of confusion. So we say that you know there's abundant potential, abundant possibilities, and mm-hmm. no limits. And then you know how do we differentiate that from the overconsumption and pollution that we conceive abundance being associated with?
0: Yeah. So first of all, I mean, this idea of sustainability itself is unsustainable because sustainability has really become a synonym for conservation. And as we all know in life, you don't become rich by saving. You become rich by earning more. That means we can only create sustainability by creating more of what we need rather than use of less of what we have. And let me explain that because that's not a concept easy to understand. Today, we believe there is a somehow finite land. There is a finite amount of water. There is a finite amount of food that we have. And there is a finite amount of resources that we need. However, now, now if you think about it, and I'm going to explain that in, in, in much more detail about how you go through a thought process. But now let's look at the stuff and say, the earth is nothing but a pale blue dot in our own solar system our solar system is a tiny dot in our galaxy our galaxy is a tiny dot in our universe and our universe is a ti- maybe a tiny dot in this multiverse where is that scarcity that we talk about somehow we believe we can only live on the planet earth what if we could live anywhere what if we could live on the moon we could live on the mars we could live on a pluto and people somehow this First thing they say is, Are you that dumb to know that you can't live on the moon or the Mars? And you ask them why, and they at that time got really flustered. It is obvious. What is so obvious? It'll tell me. And because instead of asking the question, Can you live on the Mars or not? or Can you live on the moon or not? the question we should be asking ourselves is, What? technologies have to be developed for us to be able to live on the moon just that change what has to happen for us to be able to live on the moon and i'm going to break it down for you because that i think will change the way people think so number one thing will people say well it's obvious there's so much radiation how the hell are you going to live because we don't want to live in this bubble and the answer is you're probably right we don't want to live in a bubble but imagine the nature has solved many of these problems already because we see the bacterial organisms growing in radioactive nuclear waste. That means nature has figured out how to protect its DNA from extremely high radiation and use the radiation as a source of energy. Now, imagine if we can take a genetic material from these bacteria, modify our own genes using CRISPR in vivo, and next thing you know, we are completely radiation resistant. Yes, the CRISPR is not quite ready today and it's on the way to be getting there. But guess what? In the next three years or whether it's a five years, that technology is going to be perfected. But there is no reason we could not become radiation resistant just like the bacterial organisms. So next question people say, well, fine. Then how are we going to grow the food on the moon? And I said, that's a dumb question or that's a wrong question to ask. The question you need to be asking is, why do we eat food? Right? Because once you start asking, say, why do we need food? you say, oh, you are really, really dumb. So I have to explain it to you in more detail. The reason we need food is because we need energy and we need nutrition. So we need to have nutrients and we need to have energy. And I said, very fair what if we can get energy like plants get from photosynthesis bacteria get them from radiation what if we can get radi- ready use the radiation as a source of energy now the nutrients is really interesting what kind of nutrients are we talking about well you need hydrogen we need oxygen you need nitrogen very good now if we have a water on the moon don't you think we already have the hydrogen and oxygen Now, the nitrogen part is very interesting. Let's think about that for a second here. So if you want to live on the moon, the only problem we need to solve is how do we get enough nitrogen to the moon? Let's figure that out, right? And suddenly the problem of living on the moon is simply about taking nitrogen to the moon. And it's completely all that stuff goes away. So you take this complex problem, you start to break them down, and you can essentially find what exactly needs to happen for this problem to be solved.
1: Does it make sense? It makes sense. It makes sense. And looking at it from that is asking the right questions, right? Asking the questions with the possibility of an answer in mind versus not a possibility.
0: Yeah. And again, one more thing I was just want to get to, and I think then we can switch over to the subject. The second part of this whole puzzle really is, Are we solving the symptom of the problem or are we solving the root cause of the problem? And I know we're going to get down to it when you talk about the human health, but this applies to almost everything. So, for example, the most people believe that there is a shortage of fresh water on planet Earth. And if we can somehow provide the fresh, clean, clean, fresh water to people, that will help a billion to billion people live greater life. And they start to focus on trying to figure out how to get more fresh water. And that's a symptom because until you realize that majority of the fresh water is actually used to, for agriculture. And you say, oh, what if I can solve the agriculture problem by using aquaponic, aeroponic or hydroponic farms or even use the lightly salted sea, uh, water for this, you know, growing this agriculture? Then we can have plenty of fresh water for people because that's where the fresh water is going. And you feel really good that you got to the root cause. Until you realize that majority of agriculture is actually used to feed the cattles. Right now, what if you don't need to have cattles, but you can still have your meat if you want? So if you really want to eat beef, you all you're doing is eating the muscle tissues. What if you can take a stem cell from a cow and simply create muscle tissue just like nature does, take a single cell, divide them into muscle tissue. You don't need to grow eyes and ears. You don't eat them anyway. So what if now, you can grow simply the muscle tissues that you want to eat. And suddenly, the fresh water problem that was a symptom really boils down to a synthetic biology problem of creating muscle tissues. And that is the key to essentially understanding what is a symptom and what's the root cause.
1: You know, and in medicine, I always talk about get to the root cause of the issue, actually the underlying, underlying cause, right? Like we can make the smallest changes, where can we, and that's what I write about in my book, The Hormone Fix. If we can make the smallest changes to get the biggest results, I'm like all in, right? We want to do that. Kind of lazy on my side, but it makes a difference in a whole in the big picture. But let's go back because I want to just define those terms like aquaponics, hydroponics. Talk about that creating clean water. Mm-hmm.
0: so this is totally tangent in terms of yeah. so aquaponic is really using the high the, the drops of water in a vertical farming where you don't really need to feed all the stuff in the soil and you can literally grow these things using the drops of water and the moisture in the air and similarly the aeroponic you can literally use the air the moist air to grow these foods but the, fundamentally what i was going to actually focus next on was the things that you are doing and i mean the angels like you are the one who are going to fundamentally change the way we're gonna live our life. It is people like you who are who are actually to some extent are facing all the hurdles because these medical complex is against you and you still go out and put your neck on the line day in day out like an angel because you care about those people not having to be subscriber to these pharma drugs. You're trying to get to the underlying root cause because we all know the same symptom that we see in our body individually. Each one of us may have a very different root cause. And we, if we don't fix that, all it is available, you know, Vacuum mole, right? You get a symptom, you start to suppress it here and it pops up in three places and you pop them there and you suddenly pop them nine more places. That's actually what happens. I mean, you look at autoimmune diseases. There's not a doctor you go to. They say, oh, you have an autoimmune diseases. You know what? I'm going to give you these biologics that you have to take for the rest of your life. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to suppress your immune system. Excuse me for a second if you're going to suppress my immune system, don't you think I'm going to get a whole bunch of other diseases? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't you worry. We got drugs for them. But doc, what happens when I take those drugs? Well, you're going to have a whole bunch of other symptoms, but don't you worry. We got drugs for them. And by the time you get to our age, we are popping more pills than blueberries and there is a problem right there, right? (laughs) Fundamentally, the whole idea is is never to look at what is causing the things. And here's why. So it's not that they're bad people. They just have a bad business model. And here's why.
1: Well, it's actually a, a successful business model, sadly. <laughs> that's the sad part. Shouldn't You're be right. that way.
0: <laughs> You're right. It is a great business model for them. <laughs> it is just a bad business model for us, the humans people who are suffering. <laughs>
1: so
0: true. The patient that's a bad business model because they look at us as a lifetime subscriber. Right, they probably have a button. I'm young and I got a type 2 diabetes. ka-ching, lifetime subscriber. <laughs> oh, man. Every sure. one of them, they probably are looking the stuff and saying, "How many subscribers do you have?" Excuse me. Those people are suffering. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the part that is the saddest part. Uh, and my dad just passed away two months ago, and I saw oh. him die for no reason. He had a pancreatic cancer. And I can show you all the research that clearly shows that how the in pancreatic cancer, the microbiome from our gut moves down to pancreas and actually modulates the immune system down so that the immune system is no longer attacking the bacteria and it allows the cancer to grow because they're trying to protect themselves. In turn, they're allowing the cancer to grow because now they have shut down the immune system. And I... Sh- clear research i go to the doctor and say doc all i want you to do is inject the antimicrobial stuff directly into pancreas because i know that will work they said that is not a protocol we would not do that doc is my dad i want you to do that i'm can show you the research that is not a protocol we will not do that and i saw him die mm-hmm. and i'm thinking really it is the saddest thing to see that you can't do anything and i if i had started you know Wyoming, Two years earlier, I would have been able to solve this problem simply with diet and exercise and fix his gut. So this would have never happened, right? Or this could have been reversed easily. And I told him, I said, dad, I can't save you. But all I can do is work twice as hard to make sure no one else has to suffer. Nobody else has to watch their loved ones suffer and die. And that's why I'm sure you are dedicating your life to doing these things. That's not easy. It's not, we make no money. We sell our service at our cost. We are absolutely driven by our mission. Our mission, and is really simple. We want to create a world for ourselves, our children, and our grandchildren where chronic disease is simply a matter of choice. It's not a bad luck. I hope we can someday will be living in that world in our lifetime where we will say being sick is optional. If being healthy is optional, being sick is optional.
1: I love that. You know, chronic disease is a matter of choice. And there's everyone listening, you know, that we can reverse it. There's so much information out there in, in the work that Naveen's doing and bringing to light. Biome, we'll talk about that because we haven't talked about Biome as a company and, and any background on that. I've used Ubiome, but I haven't used Biome. And I know there, there there's some cross interest there. But I wanted also, you know, first to to say, I'm sorry about your father. And, you you know, it's so frustrating when you feel like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have helped. And I know I always say that if I knew 20 years ago, what I know now, right? And, but I like how I just also want to thank you for calling me an angel. I think there's a fine line between angel and martyr, but I'll take the angel. (laughs) The head's on the chopping block, right? It is constantly. But honestly,
0: and I mean, the people like you give me hope because you don't feel alone in this fight. You know, there are other people with the same kind soul who want to help people not have to suffer, right? The thing that has fundamentally changed in the last 10 years, Anne, is that our understanding of who we are as humans We are no longer defined by our genes. Our genes are not our destiny. In fact, if you look at us as humans, only our human genes that we get from our mom and dad, they only express give or take about 22,000 genes. That is, by the way, just to be clear, that is less than the earthworm. Earthworm has more genes than humans do. And then we are so complex. So what is it that happened? What happened is, we were created as an ecosystem with 40 trillion, 40 trillion microbes living in our gut, and they produce somewhere between 2 million to 20 million genes. So if you look at us, we are less than 1% human. We are a super organisms in a symbiotic relationship with these 40 trillion organisms. And most people that have no concept of what these 40 trillion is, number is. So let me just explain that in a simple words. We are you know, eight or nine billion people living on a planet Earth. If there were 5,000 Earth and all the human beings combined on all these 5,000 Earth are living inside each one of us. Think about that for a second. All that organisms are what makes us human. And Anytime you take antibiotics, you're throwing a nuclear bomb down there. You get the bad guys, but you wipe out the whole community. Every time you're eating a food that you don't know is actually good for your microbial ecosystem, you're actually disturbing the ecosystem and causing yourself harm. The problem has been is that in this whole area, the reason the science hasn't quite helped as much is People were looking at the wrong places, and that to me was very critical of our in the way I came about this idea of Wyome. So I'm going to step back. You know, I spent probably six months reading thousand to five thousand research papers, and as I kept reading about every single research paper on chronic disease, it became little clear that it doesn't matter what this chronic disease the name we give it. The fundamental problem, all of these chronic diseases are caused by low-grade chronic inflammation and the low-grade chronic inflammation is caused by the imbalance of the gut microbiome. And all these people were saying that how microbiome is responsible for obesity, for diabetes, for depression, for anxiety, for PTSD, for Parkinson's, for Alzheimer's and breast cancer and liver cancer and pancreatic cancer and the heart diseases, autoimmune diseases. And then I kept thinking, wait a sec, if everyone knows the microbiome is responsible, then why is the problem not getting solved? And that's when I realized that people are looking for the wrong things. They're looking for what organisms exist in our gut. And that was a wrong problem. They're asking the wrong question. What they needed to be figuring out is what are these organisms doing? And that, 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 you know, we talked about asking the right question. Mm. It turns out when you're looking for organisms. So, you know, you're talking about companies like Ubiome, they really are using, you know, ancient technology called 16S. So what happens is these companies came out and they literally were, you know, charlatans, right? They are selling you things that have no value. So 16S, which is what they use, only can detect only the bacteria. So they cannot detect viruses. They cannot detect yeast or fungus or mold. And the bacteria also, they can only detect them at a genus level. At a genus level, we all have exactly the same genuses. Now, here's how they come up with the conclusion. So, when someone says, "Hey, what is the genus level you're talking about?" So, you are from India. Can you describe to me in, you know, at a genus level what India looks like? And I said, "Oh yeah, sure. There's some men in India. There's some women in India. There's some young people and there are some old people." They say, "Oh, they're just like America." And the answer is yes. Then the smart one will say, "But I know there are a lot more crime in India than America, and there are a lot more men. All men must be criminal, right?" No, no, they're not true. But that's exactly what we do. Provertella is too high. That's it. No wonder you have diabetes. Uh, But bacteria is too high. Well, no wonder you have obesity. Really? No, 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 no. So what happened was all these guys were focused on organisms. And what we learned was that when you look at the people who who are healthy or people who have a particular disease, when you look at them at the organism's level, it turns out, especially when you're looking at them at a strain level there is less than 4% similarity, as little as 4% similarity between people who are sick or people who are healthier. But when you look at them at a functional level, that means what they are producing, there's as much as 80 to 90% function, uh, same, exactly the same. That means they functionally perform the same thing. And what and it comes down to is thousands of different organisms can perform the same function And the same organisms can perform multiple different functions depending on the ecosystem it's in and depending on the food it's getting. So the the thing that we feed and what ecosystem is around changes its behavior. So there was amazing research that completely changed my mind about how the ecosystem works. This scientist took three organisms They essentially use exactly the same input, the same food. They metabolize the same food, but they produce and synthesize totally different things. And you grew them all in a separate petri dish and everybody was happy. Now they put two of these organisms in the same petri dish. Amazing thing happened. As opposed to competing for the same resource, they actually changed their behavior to become symbiont and they became dependent on each other. So they were now starting to use one person's output as a, for food for themselves. They put three of them together. All three of them now became symbiont because rather than compete and die, they started to use each other's output. And that suddenly changed. And that's actually what happens in our gut is that these things are not individual. They are ecosystem. And what we have to see is what are they producing? I'm not the smartest person here. I have no background in medicine or science. Once I understood what really matters is what they are doing, I went around looking to find out why is it no one has done this. And I found an amazing technology that was actually sitting inside Los Alamos National Lab, where they were working on a biodefense project. And they were trying to find out if a bad actor were ever to get hold of something biological, how would we ever know what just made us sick? And we will only way we will know what's making us sick is if we can find out what these organisms are actually producing. And I thought, oh my God, if I know what's making people sick, why can't we make them healthy? Exactly. So we took that technology and created Viome, and what we do now is actually able to look inside your gut and tell you how much of butyrate you're producing, how much of LPS, which is very, very toxin, which causes massive inflammation, lipopolysaccharide, how much of ammonia you are producing, how much of sulfide you're producing. And by the way, we can say the reason you're producing all these ammonia and sulfide is because these food that you're eating, right? So we can now say, hey, don't eat this food. So what we do, We analyze your gut and then we give you very actionable thing. Here are the foods you should avoid and why not just avoid these food. Here's why you should avoid these foods. Here are your superfoods and why. And here are your other foods that you can enjoy in these quantities. Right. So for example, for me, it's very interesting. It says, don't eat apple. And it says, the reason you shouldn't eat apple, even though we all know apple a day keeps the doctor away, apple a day for me actually is harmful because I have apple chlorectic leaf virus in my gut. Mm. And that virus, if I'm eating apple, is constantly being fed and it's constantly causing inflammation. So I need to cut down apple. Second thing it says, don't eat banana. Banana, why? Well, the chitanie in banana is actually being synthesized into... The harmful toxin that's causing inflammation in my gut. And the third was really interesting was spinach. Spinach. After Popeye told us, spinach makes us all strong. <laughs> Love it. Like, spinach is bad because spinach contains a lot of oxalic acid, oxalate. And my organisms in my gut are not able to detoxify it. And that ends up either as a kidney stone or high inflammation. Mm -hmm. And so my point was very clearly, we say, don't eat this food. And here's the reason why. And here are the foods that are good for you and why. And that's literally what we do. That means our goal is simply not just to tell you what's happening in your gut, but give you the control back to you. So it's actionable. And And as you were saying that, the only way we can solve this problem is to become the CEO of our own health. We take the control back of our own body, our own health, and realize that we have that power. And our job is simply to be able to understand what is going on and take action. And that's why we never said being sick, we can eliminate chronic diseases. We didn't say that. We say we can make chronic diseases optional. And the reason we said optional is because we knew the power is going to be in your hand, not in our hand.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. It's like you are responsible ultimately for your health. So yeah. what happened, Naveen? So what were symptoms were you experiencing with the apple, banana, and spinach that when you remove them, did you feel any different?
0: First of all, I, I lost seven pounds, right? So I still got five more to go. Right? So I'm not complaining. And the second part was just, you know, it used to just feel tired. It just feel little, just lethargic. I right? just feel that I'm just don't have enough energy for the whole day. And, you know, so that were the two things I was personally feeling, gaining weight and partly just not having enough energy. Interesting thing happened. My wife actually was very interesting. She said, look, I'm healthy. I work out every day. I don't need to do this test. Why do I need to do this test? And I say, you know, and she says, you're not even a doctor. Why do I believe <laughs> it? Like, everybody look at all the results of these 50,000 people that have taken the test and look at all, all these people that are actually being benefited. So our customers are telling us, hey, they've had acne for 10 years and this never been cured and boom, it's gone now, right? People are telling us they had a childhood Hashimoto disease and now they're reducing their biologics. People are telling us all these different symptoms they had, whether it's diabetes or losing weight. You know, again, remember. I just want to be very clear. We are not FDA certified. We're not, we're not making any claims. I was just simply saying the things that anecdotally we are hearing from people. So I convinced my wife, I say, you know, all you have to do is try it for two weeks, whatever you got to lose. And she gave in one day and said, okay, I'm going to try it for two weeks. And the things she needed to give up was almonds and dairy. And she did it for two weeks. She says, you know, it tells me, look, it's an amazing thing. And I said, what happened? She said, no, Every afternoon I just used to feel tired and I just thought I needed to take a 15, 20 minute nap. And you know, I just thought that was regular for my age and that was okay. Now I just don't feel tired. And then she said, you know, all that baby fat that I was trying to work out for is all gone. And I said, what baby fat? I never saw any baby fat,
1: <laughs> but my point Good was, answer, good response, good, no good husband. There's good no answer. good
0: answer to that one. It's like, oh yeah, I noticed that. <laughs>
1: Good, smart. That just right now, we know you're a genius. That's, but it. that's
0: we've been married for 30 <laughs> years. So that's why.
1: <laughs> that's so, awesome. So
0: and you were asking something. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, I think so that's perfect. So just tell our audience how we can do this biome testing, and we'll certainly put a link to it below. But so is that available that's available for us, for the general market, a so, mail in individuals to get without a doctor's?
0: That's correct. You can go online. You can take control of your own health. No doctor is needed. And you can go to wyom.com slash. And I think I can give you a code and that you can put on the bottom of the screen that will give you the $100 off because you know that is okay. not something I want everyone who's listening to it. I want them to benefit from it. right? Yeah. So we can create some, but I think if you go to wyom.com slash friend of Naveen, you will get $100 off.
1: Friend of Naveen. Okay,
0: perfect. Yeah. So it's going to be $100 off. It'll be only $299. So think about that.
1: This technology... Yeah, that's when we huge started information. It, that solves... So, that so, I so just by the way, this weird. used
0: to cost $5,000. When mm-hmm. we launched the company, we sold it for $1,000. But we were working very hard to reduce the cost. We brought it down to $400. Now we're trying to get it down to $300. And my hope, honestly, is that within the next few months, we'll be able to bring it down to $200. And by the end of the year, my hope really is to bring it down to under $100. We make absolutely... I mean, not a penny on it. We literally want to get enough people to use it. So together we get enough information about what makes people sick and so that we can get out of this disease and help a billion people live healthier life.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. All right. Biome, V-I-O-M-E dot com forward slash friend of Naveen. And that'll get us the test for $2.99. I'll also email my list about it. We'll get a code too. So, I appreciate that. Now, I want to end and close. Like, you know, we're raising a new generation. I have two daughters in college one who's 30, one who's 11, just as of the other day, celebrating her birthday party today. So excited. We know imagination has more value than education. What's the best way we can guide our youth, the next generation of entrepreneurs? Certainly, we're going to do this for ourselves. Because there's no retirement. I'll say there's no retirement in the Bible. We are going to do this for ourselves. We are making an impact for the rest of our lives. But how do we now help this generation?
0: So I think, and that's a wonderful, wonderful question, because that's something we always thought was the most important thing. Because with the grace of God, we, you know, we have been blessed in every which way, coming to this country with nothing. And you know, God has blessed us with everything. So with the grace of God, we got three wonderful children. And they have done amazingly well. Right? So our oldest is now focused on finding ways to entrepreneurial way to solve solve the affordability problem. How do we get middle class to have affordable housing, affordable child care, affordable senior care? Our daughter who graduated from Stanford is focused on gender bias. So she's she's working with AI company to remove the gender bias so the more women can get hired. Our youngest one just graduating from Stanford, and he's also now focused on he became a Schwarzman scholar. So he wants to use entrepreneurship to help help hundreds of millions of people live better life. So what is it that we did? We told them the success will never be defined by how much money you have. Success will be defined by how many lives you've been able to improve. And then I told them that your self-worth never comes from what you own. Your self-worth comes from what you create. And if you haven't created anything for the society, then you're still a parasite on humanity. So don't be that parasite. You know, one other thing we did as a parent, we separated the two things that most parents actually have very difficult time. We told them our love for you is unconditional. You never have to wonder if we love you, but our approval is not. You have to constantly worry. Is there something my dad would want? Is there something my mom would want? And our approval is conditional, but our love is unconditional.
1: I like that. I'm writing all this down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use these. I'm going to, They are now mine, <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> this is our family I mean, legacy yeah. discussion coming up.
0: But just the same thing with Jesus Christ said that we will always love you, but we still want you to follow these commandments because that's what we approve of. But doesn't mean even if you break them, we don't love you. I'll always love you.
1: Right, right. I love that. And I think, you know, just being able to instill that, it starts with us, right? That those values are obviously very evident in you and I'm sure your wife. So you've led them with these, in, you know, really high integral values. So that just flows into them. And that's really important. So something I talk about so much with women, I mean, self-care starts here with us, with our individuals and we worry about our children, but if we're not well, if we're not doing what we want them to do You know, we can't expect them to do it. So like make our life easier by doing it first.
0: (laughs) And one more thing, and I was going to just suggest especially women have such a difficult time because they're so giving, right? They're constantly giving. To me, The day you fall in love with yourself is the day the world will fall in love with you. If you don't love yourself, no one can love you. If you hate yourself, you will hate the world and world will hate you. So fall in love with yourself. Take good care of yourself because that love for yourself is going to go out and make everyone else. You can now share that love with the world.
1: I love that I think this is a perfect place to end as as we end with the note of oxytocin right that love putting that love back into the world so fall in love with yourself the day would you say the day you fall in love with yourself is the day the world falls in love with you and then that you know pouring into yourself pours out into the world in that way that we're just making love flow and i think that's beautiful Naveen, thank you so much for your time with me today and with all our listeners and for our listeners be sure to like this star this episode and review on itunes podcast addict stitcher wherever you're listening and Naveen, how can people follow up with you again i know i definitely encourage this book moonshot i think it's amazing it's a great 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 book so, um, and if you I- want
0: to ever reach out to me, reach out to me, my first name, dot last name, naveen.jen at gmail.com. And I read all my emails. I'll be thrilled to be part of your life, part of your community. So, if you're listening to it, if there is anything I can do to make your life easy, just reach out to me. You can follow me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Facebook or Twitter. I'm always available to you. I'm at your service.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you,
0: everyone. Bye bye.